Welcome to Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message by Joy Willette. Awesome. All right, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. <laughs> God's good. All the time and all the time. God is good. Amen. I'm excited about this message. I'm like, I really am. I'm very, very excited about this message. Um, it's, it's hilarious. So the, the message is called, I am prosperous. So everyone repeat after me. I am prosperous. <laughs> and so uh, this is a message that the Lord has been cooking in our spirits. And really, uh, it's, go- it's going to be a series um, as well. Um, the Lord's been cooking in our spirits for quite some time now. And um, we really wanted to um, go after the revelation and in our own hearts and things like that. So we've really been pursuing this. Um, But I'm so excited because I know that the Lord is getting ready to shift some things in your life, to shift some things in your beliefs, to shift some things in the way you speak. And um, and it's going to be a shift that is um, not only going to change your life, but it's going to change the generations and the legacy that follows you. Amen. Good, good word um, from the Lord, and it's hilarious because today we're going to be talking about breaking the poverty spirit, and so we get in our van this morning, and the car wouldn't start. (laughs) We're like, we just need to laugh at that, right? So let's just laugh at that real quick. The Lord is breaking a poverty spirit, and the enemy is just, you know, trying to, it's just like, nice try. (laughs) Hilarious. So we we jumped it. We're fine. We're doing good. Um, But I just had to laugh at that this morning. I'm like, ha, ha. The enemy's afraid. All right. <laughs> so God is awakening life in your finances. So Jesus, we just thank you so much, Lord, that you are a good God, that you are a good father. Lord, that you are prosperous, that you are generous, God, that you desire to give your children good gifts, Lord God. And we just thank you so much for it, Lord Jesus. We ask for your anointing this morning to go forth, Lord, without your anointing, Father, it's just information. So Lord, we're asking for your anointing to go forth and break bondages this morning. We give you permission to come in to all the different places in our life. We give you permission. We come with open hearts and we say, Jesus, you are the Lord of our lives. Um, Speak into our lives. Holy Spirit, we just give you the freedom to come and speak um, whatever you want to speak to each and every one of us, whether it's uh, different things or whether it's the same uh, message. We just give you free rule and reign in this place. And we just thank you so much for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. So um, the, the first thing uh, that I wanted to, to sort of talk about and go after is um, we talk a lot about the supernatural in this place. Like that's part of our calling. We don't apologize for it at all. We are going after the supernatural. And um, that's something that we're called to uh, help equip people in and awaken the church in the things of the supernatural, awaken the church to the power that we have access to through Holy Spirit. Amen. I have to apologize in advance because I am very pregnant and I'm like out of breath all the time because the baby is like all up in my lungs. (laughs) So those listening to the podcast, I am very pregnant, uh, so I breathe hard. (laughs) So sorry about that. Uh, so, So we unapologetically go after the supernatural, okay? However, our lives are not meant to be 100% supernatural, Amen. There is things in the natural that we do need to have steady, faithful plotting. There are things that we're called to steward. There's things that we need to do in the natural, co-laboring with the Lord. And he puts his supernatural on our natural. Amen. We always want to believe for the supernatural, but there are things that God is calling us to walk in in the natural as well. There's processes in the natural that must be stewarded. The Lord wants us to be good stewards. And I love how Bill Johnson puts it. um, The season of the Israelites walking through the wilderness where they were relying 100% on the supernatural provision of the Lord. That was preparation for their season when they were coming into the promised land. It was a season of them learning to trust solely on the Lord. But then once we get into the promised land, the promised land is a place where we lay down roots, where we sow into the land, where we cultivate where we build things and where we build things for the next generation to come afterward on the foundations that God is our provider. Amen. 
but there are things that we're called to walk out and co-labor with Jesus, yoked with Jesus in the natural, and that's part of taking possession of the promised land that God has provided for us. Amen? It's our job to go in and co-labor with the Lord and kick out the squatters. Amen? How many of you know we're in a war? <laughs> Kick out the squatters that are trying to, uh, you know, inhabit the land that God has given to us. It's our job to go in with the Lord and, and steward those things and take possession. Amen? It's where we get to sow, cultivate, and rule over the land, leaving legacy and inheritance for the next generations. Okay? So uh, it's funny. We've been watching this, this uh, survival show um, and it's, it's on Amazon, and basically it's like these, uh, I think it's like four guys, and they're all like ex-Navy SEALs, and like the, what's the British Special Forces, and the Green Beret, and like, they have like, you know, like, you know all the things that go into what it takes to become a Navy SEAL. I don't know why I'm drawn to shows like this, and like, you know, American Ninja Warrior, like all the warriors, action, like that, I'm always drawn to that stuff. So anyways, so there's these, these four guys and they challenge each other. So basically they'll out of nowhere kidnap one of their friends and they go take them somewhere in the world and they drop them um, with very little of, of anything. They're unprepared and it's their job to then survive and not only survive, but find their way out of that situation. So they've dropped them off like in the Amazon rainforest or like on, on a glacier and you know, all different, uh, different uh, scenarios and things like that. And so um, they do this show as a game. So like you watch some survival shows and it's like the, the person's job that gets dropped off somewhere is just to make it until the people come and, and, and get them again. So you basically watch this survival person like fast for five days and then they get rescued and it sometimes can get boring. But what I like about this show is that um, these guys are meant to find their way out and they're playing a game and seeing if they can win and they win if they find civilization. So if they find like one other person or a little village or, you know, someone riding a horse, they've won. Okay. And so I've been watching the show and the Lord loves to speak to me um, through dreams and through things that I'm, you know, watching and things I'm interested in. And so he gave me a dream. And he showed this gentleman from the show, and he has this backpack full of things. And um, he's dropped off in this location, and there's lots of things in this backpack, but there's a problem. There's things in the backpack that he cannot keep with him if he's going to win the game and journey out. Okay, And so the Lord uh, spoke in the dream, and he's like, he can hang on to everything inside of that bag if his strategy is to sit and wait for rescue. And that's fine. But if he's going to journey all the way out and win the game, he's going to have to let go of some of the things in the backpack. Amen. So how many of you know there's some things that we need to let go of, some lies, some things that we've just attached our hearts to, that if we're going to win the game and if we're going to go after everything that God has promised and we're going to journey all the way out, we're going to need to let go of some things. Amen. And we can choose to sit and wait for rescue. We can choose and wait for the sweet by and by to experience everything that, that God says he has for us. He'll still love us, but the choice is ours. Amen. He's made us so powerful. That's the thing about freedom is that he doesn't force his will on us. He always gives us the choice. Amen. God's good. And he watches survival shows with me, apparently. <laughs> He's good. Okay. So uh, we're going to be talking about, uh, about finances and, and prospering and, and things like that. Um, the practical things are awesome, and we are going to talk about things um, like that, um, just not today. Um, Dave Ramsey, we love Dave Ramsey. That was a huge breakthrough for us. Basically, that's about how to practically budget and steward your money, uh, specifically how to get out of debt. Really, really, really powerful powerful information. Um, I love uh, the, the tool YNAB, Y-N-A-B. I don't know if any of you have heard of it. Um, it's actually a Christian um, application, and it's called You Need a Budget, Y-N-A-B. Um, and it's just a really, really awesome tool because um, it not only helps you to budget where your money's going, but it helps you to keep track of what you've spent and how much is left. And uh, I found that tool to be really, really helpful. Um, and then Dave Ramsey talks about how 80% of our money issues is behavior, and only 20% is the head knowledge that we need. Okay, so how many of you know that if we're trying to change our behavior, what do we need to go after first? 
beliefs. Good job, Pastor Daniel. <laughs> You've been paying attention to our sermons. <laughs> so if you want to change your behavior, the first thing that you have to go after is changing your beliefs. As soon as you change your beliefs, your behavior will follow. Amen? So that's what we're going after today. We're going after shifting our beliefs and coming into alignment with um, the Lord's truth over um, our lives, over finances, over prosperity. Amen? All right. Change your beliefs and your behaviors will follow. So we can't be afraid of money. We can't be afraid of money. That's something we got to pull out of that backpack if we're going to journey all the way out, okay? Money is not more powerful than we are. It's meant to work for us. We rule and we reign, but we can't rule and reign over that which we fear or feel victim of, okay? So we cannot have a fear of money. When money is our master and we don't master it, that is called mammon. That's called mammon, Okay? So let's talk about poverty spirit. Poverty spirit, there is a difference between being broke and being poor, okay? Um, how many of you know, like if you've watched any of the, the big, you know, people that have built big businesses and Steve Jobs and Donald Trump or whatever, they've been broke many, many, many times, but they have never been poor, okay? Poor is a state of being. Poor is something that's permanent. Poor is something you confess over your life. It's, um, it's part of how you think. Being broke is just like, okay, this thing didn't work out, but I'm still a prosperous person. The Lord's going to bring more opportunities. I'm always got my eyes open for more opportunities, and it's a temporary thing. Does this make sense? Okay, so we want to break the poverty spirit in our life, the poverty mindset, and the poverty spirit affects so much more than just your finances. It's going to try and touch every part of your life. We can look through a lens of lack at our time, at our relationships, at our health, our energy, our creative ideas, our opportunities. Um, we can look through a lens of lack, but that is not the kingdom's economy. Amen. So, for example, um, in, in the area of time, I actually bought a book called 168 Hours, You Have More Time Than You Think, and I have not had the time to read that book yet. True story. <laughs> True story. <laughs> and it's just kind of silly, right, that I'm like, I don't have time to read this book to help me figure out how to steward my time, right? It's like you kind of have to bite the bullet, right? The truth is, is that I haven't made the time right? And that's kind of how a poverty spirit thinks. I can't afford to do this until I have the thing that I need. And it's, it really, we have to undo that fear, okay? Um, the Lord corrected me the other day because I kept saying, I just don't have energy. I don't have energy. I'm, you know, almost seven months pregnant now. And I'm just like, oh, I wake up tired. <laughs> and, um, and I was just like, man, I just don't have energy right now. And the Lord corrected me. And he's like, actually, you have tons of energy. It's just a lot of your energy is being allocated towards forming a human being right now. And so you actually have lots of energy. So the stuff that's not allocated towards baby right now, make sure you're allocating it towards Towards your family and towards your children in this season and stay close to my heart as to how to rest and how to steward the energy that's left over. But you have tons of energy and the Lord corrected me in that. I had a poverty mindset when it came to my energy levels and I'm like, thank you, Jesus, that you made my body to put the energy where it needs to go and, you know, your body just does that. It's a miracle. Amen. But we don't want to look at uh, those things through a lens of poverty. Um, with writing music, I can have a musical idea and be like, oh my gosh, I had a musical idea in this song that I'm writing and it is my precious and I never get musical ideas and this is the only one that's ever going to come and so nobody can look at it and I don't want to collaborate with anybody because if they give me feedback, they're going to break my heart and this might be the only idea I ever get, right? And we can have this poverty mindset over ideas and creativity and stuff, or we can look at the Lord as having endless possibilities of all the creativity that there ever was. He is our creator, and we can be like, here is an idea, Lord. We can, we can hold it with open hands. Does that make sense? And then we, aren't, we don't get stuck in inaction because of that. Amen? In marriage, I can look at my husband through a lens of seeing everything that he isn't or that he doesn't do, or I can choose to celebrate all the great things. 
Amen. We can do that in our relationships and our friendships with our children. You know, sometimes we have to celebrate the victories of our children and celebrate their progress instead of always thinking of what they can do better and how can they be better and, you know, reflect on us better and, and things like that. We want to celebrate progress. We want to look for those good things and train our eye to look for the prosperity in things. Amen. All right. And in finances, poverty spirit sounds like there's never enough. Anytime money comes in, something happens, and it goes right back out again. I feel powerless. I feel out of control. That's what a poverty spirit sounds like when it comes to finances. I better spend this quick before it's gone. <laughs> Anyone ever felt like that? Tell the truth, shame the devil, okay? Uh, I better spend this quick before it gets spent on things that aren't just fun. Okay, um, poverty thoughts toward money sounds like this. What can I consume with the least amount of money so that I can consume more? You're relating to finances as a consumer, as someone who's going to consume things, okay? I need to spend it fast before it's gone, okay? Do you hear how um, that is partnered with um, something that would want to devour something? Okay, I am rich when I can consume a lot. Okay, sometimes we don't realize what it is that we're partnered with when we have beliefs in the wrong area. We'll talk more about that in a moment. Okay, um, prosperity thoughts towards riches sound like what can I build, what can I invest in that is of value. Make sense? So basically, a poverty mindset is very income centered. What can I consume? Prosperity mindset is more assets-centered. What can I build? Um, in a prosperity mindset, money is a tool that works for me. In a, uh, a prosperity mindset, money is a resource. In a poverty mindset, money is a source. Does this make sense? Okay. I'm telling you right now, this, this is a fire hose. So take notes or listen to it again uh, because uh, there's, there's lots of things here that, um, that the Lord might highlight to you. Um, I feel like uh, for many of you, it's going to look very different depending on where you're at. Um, but I encourage you, um, the Lord is, uh, is speaking lots of things to lots of different people right now. So the poverty spirit, mammon, and the devouring spirit are all rooted in fear. Okay? So that devouring spirit, no matter how much I get, it's gone. No matter how much, it doesn't matter. I could be blessed with, you know, large amounts of money, and it doesn't matter because it just leaves, and I feel like I'm under a curse, okay? That is that devouring spirit, and we don't realize when we have a consumer mindset of how much can I consume in a month, and then that's how I feel like I'm doing well, we're partnering, we're partnering with devouring our money. Does this make sense? We're partnering with that thought of devouring. I need to spend this quick, Okay, because I'm afraid of money. I'm afraid of what happens if I hold this in my hand. Does this make sense? We can't be afraid of money. So the wilderness teaches us to rely on the supernatural of God. The promised land is where we take what we've learned and we co-labor with God to take possession of all that he's given to us. The cost of entering into the promised land is our fear. It's our fear. It's letting go of the status quo. Just like Joshua and Caleb, they were ready to let go of the status quo. The Israelites were in fear. They're like, we're doing good out here. We like just the supernatural provision, right? But they didn't want to go in and possess the land, okay? The cost is our fear. People make decisions out of fear, and fear is the cost that many people are not willing to pay to prosper or to do great things, Okay? I'm going to say that again. Fear is the cost that many people are not willing to pay in order to prosper or to do great things. Um, they look for false security instead. Okay? Um, we want to wait to win the lottery. <laughs> we want to look for checks in the mail, which, hey, I believe for checks in the mail. I have gotten checks in the mail. I have gotten those blessings that were the exact answer that I needed in the perfect timing. So I'm not downing that at all. But what I'm telling you is that there is a higher mindset than that where we go into the promised land and God has built us to be prosperous and to build wealth where we're not relying on the checks in the mail. Does this make sense? Okay. Um, Deuteronomy 8.18. 
it says the Lord gives us the power to make wealth, okay? He has designed us to be prosperous. Psalm 67, 7 says that God blesses us that all the ends of the earth shall fear him. So how many of you know that God wants you to be blessed? God wants, someone say, God wants me to be blessed. God wants me to be blessed because the more he blesses us, the more the ends of the earth will fear him. Amen? And he gives us the power to make wealth. Okay. So this is kind of what prompted um, this whole uh, teaching and really what, what we're going after personally as well is that the Lord actually gave us a correction when it comes to how we've been doing tithes and offerings in this church. Okay. Um, we started this church and we had seen so much unhealth um, just in general, like in our travels and stuff, we had seen so much like manipulation and um, people fe feeling forced into giving or like God is, is uh, not going to love you, you know, if you don't give and like that, that type of thing. We had seen so much unhealth that we actually reacted to error. And how many of you know when you react to error, you just create more error, right? You're not responding to what the Lord is saying. You're responding to what you don't want to be. So in other words, your, your agenda is still being set by the enemy. Make sense? If the enemy says, do it like this, and you're like, well, I'm not going to do it like that, he still just told you what to do. <laughs> Amen. So we want to follow the Lord's leading in how does he want us to do that. So we almost became apologetic about it. Okay, we believe in tithes and offerings, the boxes in the back, but shh, don't talk about it. Don't look at anyone in the eye if they're going to tithe, I don't want to see, you know, that kind of thing. It's like, you totally don't have to, you so don't have to, please don't think that we're trying to make anybody tithe in this place. And we're almost like apologizing for it. And the Lord came and he brought this correction and it's, and it's not, um, it doesn't matter whether, he, he was like, it doesn't matter whether you have a box in the back, whether you're passing around a bucket, whether people come up front, that doesn't matter. It's the heart connection and whether you're joining your faith and your heart with what you're doing. Does this make sense? Okay. So we came to the realization and from the correction of the Lord, we're actually missing something in our belief system if we feel apologetic about talking about something that we actually believe in. Amen. And so I just want to speak to you guys as leaders. As a leader, if you find yourself unable to mother and father people in an area, there's probably breakthrough that you need personally there. There's probably some belief that's missing or there's a trigger or there's a fear. And that's an invitation for leveling up in that area because we should be able to mother and father people in, in tough areas. Does this make sense? And so this is what the Lord um, has been showing us, okay? Um, now, of course, I still believe that we all need to hear from the Lord um, with tithing, and sometimes that involves process. With us, that there was definitely a process of that, so there is no condemnation. Um, but we also were not teaching on it. We never taught on it, never, not one message since the church started. Um, we would share testimonies, and we would touch on it a little bit in growth track, and the Lord is like, hey... Do you really believe this? <laughs> okay. And so we, we found, it's like, okay, we've been tithers and givers for years and, and above and, and beyond or whatever. But if we can't explain this and if we can't impart this, then there is something we're missing in our joy of giving and in our worship of the Lord through, through our gifts. And so we just want to come before you and just make ourselves humble before you and just apologize that we haven't um, operated in this area. But we're so excited for the breakthrough that's coming because of um, what the Lord has pointed out and the shift that's going to take place in all of us. Now, in the same way, I wouldn't just chuck communion at you and say, here's a cracker and here's some juice. Go read the Bible and figure out if communion is for you. Okay, I would not be leading if that's how I did it. And, and there are no empty rituals in the Lord. Okay, there's no, like communion is powerful. We talk a lot about that. Um, there's something that happens in the spirit when we take communion. We've seen it firsthand. There's something that takes place in our hearts. And in the same way with tithing and giving, the Lord does not give us an empty ritual just to test and see how obedient we are. There is a heart thing that takes place. There's something that shifts in the spirit when we give and when we're generous and when we tithe. Amen? Amen. All right, there are no empty rituals. There's something in it for us if God is telling us to do it. Amen. 
Okay. Um, Just like the Sabbath was created for man and not man created for the Sabbath, it's not about the rules. It's about something that our heart needs to detach from in the area of finances so that we can trust the Lord more. It's not just to build the kingdom, although that's part of it, but the Lord owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He can make whatever happen that needs to happen. Amen. He doesn't actually need our money. Amen. (laughs) But there's a reason, there's a benefit to us. Uh, Money touches everything that we do. Amen. Money touches everything that we do. Um, How many scriptures would you guess there are on money in the Bible? Just throwing out a guess. Assuming that you don't know. (laughs) How many scriptures? Just like, just think of a guess in your mind. Okay. Um, I'll give you, I'll give you a, a small statistic. Um, on uh, faith and prayer, there are 500 scriptures on faith and prayer. So how many scriptures do you think there are on money in the Bible? How much does God talk about it? I heard 100. I heard 1,000. Do I hear 1,050? <laughs> keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Do I hear a 2,000? <laughs> All right. There are 2,350 scriptures on money. God is talking about money a lot. Why? Number one, because he wants us to be blessed. He wants us to be prosperous. But because money touches everything that we do. Amen. Where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. And so we can't have our heart so connected to money that we are not trusting in the Lord. Amen. Finances have spiritual implications. The lie, we had to laugh at that lie this morning. The lie that wants to come in um, is saying finances is not very spiritual. Like, this is not a very spiritual message. Actually, this is a very spiritual message. You can tell God cares about this a lot. And it's so much um, for your benefit as well as for the benefit of the world. Amen. So here's another disclaimer. We are not teaching on this because the church needs money. (laughs) We're not. If that were the case, we would have taught on this about three years ago. (laughs) And we didn't talk about it then. (laughs) The Lord still had some some transformation for us. We we found out we were pregnant with Evan and right about the same time. And by the way, we're foregoing our paycheck for, you know, quite quite a few months. And, um, And it was a time of trusting and the Lord provided for us and he provided for us supernaturally. Um, but we didn't start talking about tithing back then, and it would have been really tempting to. Um, so I just, I just want to share that with you, that we are talking about this because the Lord says it's time. And because he's been breathing on it, his fire is on it, he's giving us dreams about it, and he's leading us in that area as well. Um, so just want to share that with you. Um, the Lord spoke to this uh, about this a long time ago, but we knew we didn't want to just flip a switch and do things differently because that doesn't do anything. Again, as leaders, it's not about what you are saying. It's not about the information that you pass forward, but it's about the breakthroughs that you get in your own life and those things get imparted. So we know that we have to go over that. We have to go through that ourselves as leaders in order to impart it to anybody. Does this make sense? You can say the same words and it will not carry the power in the anointing if it doesn't come from a deep place of conviction because the Lord has done that in your life. Amen. So there's a little tip for leaders, okay? Um, we wanted to go after the heart transformation for ourselves before we just flipped a switch. Um, so we've been a, on a journey in this area in our own lives. We've been tithers and givers for years. We absolutely believe in it. Um, but even for us, the Lord is like, I want you to be even more joyful um, in your giving. Um, the truth is, is that this is actually a very generous church. Like, absolutely. This, this is a, a very generous church. And by the way, thank you so, so much for the, the pastor's appreciation last week. And we were just blown away. Just, you know, the cards, you know, we're like, we've kept them all. And we're like, we're going to take pictures of them. And we're going to pull them out anytime there's discouragement. And, you know, it's just, it's really, really awesome. We were so, so encouraged. And we're like, they just blessed us with, you know, gift. We, we're, we're good on date nights until 2020. <laughs> it was seriously such a blessing. Thank you guys so much. Like it's, 
it's, it's amazing. And now we get to talk about money and tithing the next week. But uh, So I just want to share with you, like, you guys are amazing. You guys are generous. You guys are faithful. What we're shifting here, like, because so many of you are, are already tithers and givers and things like that. What we're shifting here is it's not a correction so much for you guys. It's for us to help facilitate you connecting your heart and your faith to what we're doing, okay? So we're going to be doing things like adding declarations to what we're doing and things like that and, and becoming more joyful in our giving. Does this make sense? All right. Um, for many of you, it's not going to look different in your behavior. It's going to be a heart shift. Um, let's put up on the screen 2 Corinthians 9.7. 2 Corinthians 9.7 says, So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Okay? Um, when you look up the word cheerful, in the Greek, it is hilario, which is where we get the word hilarious. <laughs> so God loves a hilarious giver, okay? So this is a shift that we're going after in our own lives. The other day, my husband and I went and we dropped our, our tithe and our offering in the box and we're like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> and we just like really entered into joy and we're like, we can give this so joyfully because we trust you, Lord, and because this is an act of worship. And so we're really um, going after that. It's funny, uh, my daughter had to attend a choir concert um, the other night, and um, the, the choir concert was um, supposed to be like five bucks a person or whatever, so I'm like, oh, I'll take you, and we'll spend some time, we'll watch this choir concert, and then I get there, and they're like, that'll be $62, and da da da, da. and I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, what? I, I thought this was $5 a person. They're like, oh, oh, she's from the high school. Okay, she's $5. You're $42, and I'm like, oh, for a choir assignment, you know, and I'm like, and I love choir, and I sing in choirs, but there's, it's a lot more fun to sing in a choir than to watch one sometimes, <laughs> and so we go in, and it was the Phoenix Chorale, and, and they were stunning, I, I will say, it was stunning, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful music, but I was not cheerful in my giving, <laughs> I was sitting in my seat like, well, I just bless the arts, I guess, you know, I was a little feisty about it, but God does not love that, I was not cheerful in that giving. That was out of necessity, and I did it grudgingly. Um, so let's, let's put up uh, 2 Corinthians 9-7. This is in the Passion Translation. The Passion Translation, let giving flow from your heart, not from a sense of religious duty. Let it spring up freely from the joy of giving, all because God loves hilarious generosity. Someone say, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Hilarious hilarious giving, hilarious generosity, okay? So that's something that we're going after because to some degree, even in our own hearts, we were giving because we were supposed to or because we should, amen? And we really, really wanna partner our faith with what God is doing and partner with joy and the celebration and the worship that it is that we're blessed to give back to God what he's given and to give and sow seed into other you know, missions and, and things like that, amen? All right, so basics of tithing. She's going to talk about it. Are you guys ready? <laughs> We're going to talk about the T word this morning. We're going to talk about the T. You guys coming with me? <laughs> All right, the basics of tithing. Tithing means one-tenth, okay? One-tenth. It all belongs to God. Amen. The earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. It all belongs to the Lord. So when he blesses us with increase and with provision, all we're doing is taking the first fruits, that first 10%, and we're giving it back to him in our thankfulness. Amen. It's as simple as that. It's already his. Okay. We get to steward his finances on the earth. Okay, but we're just going to give him back the 10% because we are so thankful and so grateful. Okay, tithing came before the law. It came before the law. Okay, Abram, who would come, we would come to know as Abraham. Abram had a miracle where he recovered his nephew Lot and all the goods that the kings had stolen. And so he goes before Melchizedek and he gives an offering of his increase and he gave 10%. And that was the first tithe. Okay, that was 400 some odd years before the law even came through Moses. Okay, so that was the first place that we see a tithe. Now, it's important to note who is Melchizedek. Who is Melchizedek? Melchizedek means my king is righteousness. Melchizedek was the king of Salem, which means the king of peace. 
Okay, who does that sound like? <laughs> he brings, uh, the, Melchizedek brings Abram bread and wine and blesses him. Who does that sound like? Okay, so he is a type of Christ. He is a type of Jesus. So the very first time that you see tithe mentioned, it is before the law and it is given to a type of Christ. Amen? Okay, um, so this is something that is still for today. Okay. Let's put up Malachi 3.10. Malachi 3.10 says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house and test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. Somebody say overflows. All right, test me now in this. Um, that's something um, that Daniel and I, we went through a process, um, and, and we decided to test the Lord in that, and we have never once regretted it. I will, I will say that. Um, let's put up Matthew 23, 23. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and, and cumin. Is that how you Cumin? Cumin? human, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. So this is Jesus speaking. So if you are looking for a New Testament scripture that addresses tithing, this is Jesus talking about the Pharisees that they have tithed and they are neglecting other things. And he says to them, those things you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Does that make sense? Do you see how Jesus is saying, tithing, you ought to do it without leaving those other things undone. Amen? All right, everybody okay? <laughs> All right. So when, when Daniel and I first came to the Lord and, and really started serving the Lord, um, one-tenth of our income sounded radical, sounded really radical. Um, it sounded like a huge step, and especially it sounded like a huge step because we were struggling financially at the time. And so we're like, I, we couldn't even begin to fathom. We're like, we are barely making our bills as it is. How are we going to give another 10% and, and give it to the church? You know, um, that was a fear that I had. Are we going to have enough left over for our family? Um, and that was uh, some things that the Lord kind of took us through a process. It was not overnight. I have tons of grace, tons of understanding for people having a process with this and praying and, and seeking the Lord. Um, little by little, we would give to certain causes. Like we would give a little bit to missions. We would give to the building fund. I bought my choir robe, and I was like a little bit sad when I didn't get to keep my choir robe. <laughs> it was like 160 bucks for that choir robe. I'm like, wow. Uh, I, we bought our seat in the auditorium, you know, like little steps like here and there, and, and it just started to just build from there to be a little bit more generous and to give. And so um, one day, I don't even remember what it was, but one day we just sat down and, and we we're like, okay, the scripture says, test me now in this. Let's just test it and just see what happens. And so we sat down, we, we set out our finances, we set a budget, and we put tithing right at the top so that before anything else goes out, this is our first fruits, it's going to the tithe, it's going um, to, to the Lord. And um, we have been blessed and never regretted it a moment since. Amen. God has blessed us. Um, I can tell you a story of favor after favor after favor um, when it comes to finances and how the Lord uh, preserved our home. Um, I'm not going to get into all of that today, but, um, but the Lord has really, really, really blessed us. And the truth is, is that once we started giving, it got easier and easier and easier. Now, why do you think that is? Because we were sowing seed. Amen. And when you sow a seed, you reap a harvest. And it's not just in the form of money back. It's in the form of spiritual things and things that now your heart is not shackled to. And then you get more and more free. Does this make sense? Okay. We're looking for freedom. Okay. Um, and I just want to release this testimony to you because I feel like it's going, it's going to bless you. And I feel like the Lord is going to impart something to you as well. So, um, during, during this season, um, we decided that we wanted to go after debt, um, and we wanted to do it um, aggressively. Um, we had a large amount of debt, um, especially on, like, two people living off of a one-person pastor's salary, <laughs> you know. Um, it, it's, 
we, we saw the debt and we're like, we need to get out of this somehow. So we set a very aggressive plan um, to really knock it down. Um, and so, it, which meant that we were going to, you know, forego other fun things and, you know, we were going to, you know, eat out less and, and, you know, that kind of thing. And um, we had $60,000 worth of debt at that time, whether that sounds like a lot or a little to you. For us, that was a lot at that moment. So um, we started seeing 5.5 and 5.55 all the time, everywhere we went, and to the point that it was almost, like, annoying after a while. Like, I would wake up from a dream, I would look at the alarm clock, 5.55. I would look at the car in front of us, the license plate is 5.55, and my mileage is 5.5555, and the time is 5.55, and it's just like, every day I would see 5.55 on the clock, and it was just like, what does this mean? And so my best interpretation at that time was, okay, 5 is the number of grace, and then three, like there's three fives, three is divine, so I'm like, okay, there's divine grace for something, so I just kind of took it as like, hey, you're on the right track, like the Lord is just giving encouragement or whatever, but I really didn't know what it meant, and we were both seeing it at that time, um, everywhere we went, we had I, countless pictures, like we go through our iPhoto library, and there's like all these weird 555 stuff on receipts and, and stuff like that, so um, we went up to Bethel, and um, we were there for a marriage uh, conference and stuff, which, by the way, was awesome and powerful. Highly, highly recommend it. Um, it's called Love After Marriage, L-A-M. And um, we went to church um, at Bethel on that Sunday of that, of that week where we had that conference. And Bill Johnson is speaking, and um, he stops in the middle of his message, and he says, okay, I feel the Lord um, on this, and the Holy Spirit saying that I can release this word to you now. I've been sitting on this for a few years, and it's time to release it. And he said, I went through a season where I was seeing 555 everywhere I went. And we're like, <gasps> what? What is going on? Like the people we were with like looked at us like, because <gasps> we had told them the story. And he's like, I was seeing 555 everywhere. Same story. I would look at the alarm clock in the morning, 555, receipts, mileage, you know, everywhere, signs, 555 everywhere. And he saw it so much that one night he'd woken up, he looks at the clock, it's 555, and he just says, Lord, what are you saying to me? <laughs> and he calls out like that. And so he hears the audible voice of the Lord. And the Lord says to him, the anointing for the cancellation of debt is upon you. And I want you to release that to my people. Okay? And so when he said that, Holy Spirit, like I know Pastor Daniel says, Holy Spirit blew right through him. We felt it. We felt the the. The, the, that's the word of the Lord for us. That's why he's been showing us 555. And so we're like, oh my gosh, we receive it. How awesome is God that like the one day we're at Bethel is the day that, you know, Holy Spirit says, uh, you know, Bill, release this word. And so I want to release that word to you as well, that the anointing for the cancellation of debt is upon you as well. God is no respecter of persons. He shows no partiality. If you have debt, we are believing for it to be canceled, forgiven, paid off, supernaturally, um, it's going to be awesome. So let me tell the rest of the testimony. <laughs> so we get home, and we've got our aggressive plan for debt, and um, we get a phone call, I think it was within the week that we got home, and um, part, a big portion of that debt is $30,000, um, was a second mortgage on our house um, from just dumb mistakes that we made in the past, and the Lord even has grace for the dumb mistakes that we make, amen? And uh, we get a phone call from our second mortgage company saying, hey, we're starting this new program. We normally would sell your loan to another loan company, but we actually want to offer you a chance to buy out your own loan. So if you can come up with, I think it was $11,000 in the next 30 days, then we will cancel the 30 and you'll be done and, and paid up. Um, no penalty, no foul, nothing. And so we're like... I don't know how we're going to do that, but we better try. <laughs> so we sold everything that wasn't nailed down. The kids thought they were next. And, and uh, by the grace of God, we were able to come up with $10,000 in 30 days, like by the skin of our teeth and by the grace of God. And that amount was canceled. And it was story after story after story after story of debt being forgiven. We would call and we're like, okay, we want to make payments on this debt. And they're like, oh, we already wiped it out. Don't worry about it, things like that. And we had $60,000 worth of debt paid off within six months. Within six months. Praise God. It's, it's him. Amen. 
And so we, we were completely out of debt besides our mortgage, which is like acceptable debt, right? We're still believing to be out of that. But as far as like credit cards and medical bills and student loans and, and things like that, all gone within six months on a one person's pastor's salary. And I'm telling you that there's something that happens when you partner with God. Okay, we did take our steps in the natural and we said, Lord, we want to pay this off. And we started aggressively going for it. But when you aggressively go for it, the Lord puts his supernatural natural on your natural. Amen. There's a co-laboring in this process when we're in the promised land and we get to experience the promises of God. Amen. God's good. God's good. So I just want to release that word to you. Yeah, that cancellation of debt is upon you. Set your feet towards him. Set your feet on the vision. Have that vision and that plan. I want out of debt and he's going to meet you. Amen. Now in this season, the Lord is speaking to us about building wealth. Okay, um, we actually recently had an amount of money that we were blessed with, and now this is this is just kind of routine for us at this point. It's like we want to tell our money where to go, so we sat down like good adults, right? That's the word, adulting, right? We got an adult, and um, and we sat down. And we're like, okay, let's tell our money where to go, and we thought of very responsible things, things that needed to get taken care of around the house. Um, all really good, you know, good things, nothing bad or anything like that. Not even anything frivolous. It's just like, okay, we're going to take care of this thing and that thing. And, you know, we kind of need this new thing and we could take care of that now instead of later. And, um, and we set out our plan and we went to bed and the Lord gave me a dream. And um, in the dream, I actually met an illustrator um, for the children's books that I've written. And um, the illustrator was expensive. And I was talking to Danny about it in the dream. And, um, and in the dream, I was like, okay, this is expensive, but it's a one-time cost. And once we've paid that one-time cost, there is capacity for, you know, harvest for this to bring um, finances back in. And so, um, so this is something that maybe we should take a look at, even though we've already planned where this money would go. Maybe we should use it to pay this illustrator. So I woke up, and the Lord immediately corrected me. <laughs> and he said, um, he said, you need to discern between bread and seed. Um, he said, um, you need to trust me for your everyday expenses, and you need to trust me that you will be provided for, but this money is seed for a harvest, okay? And now the Lord is starting to speak to us in these types of terms now that we're, we're out of debt and things like that. So let's put 2 Corinthians 9.10 up on the screen. 2 Corinthians 9.10. Now he who supplies seed to the sower, someone say seed to the sower, and bread for food, someone say bread for food, will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. So we have a responsibility to discern when we have blessings, when we have income, when we have money, um, how much of this is bread, which bread is what we're going to live on, what we're going to pay bills with, you know, eat food, groceries, stuff like that. That's our bread. And how much of this is seed? Seed is money that you're going to invest either in the kingdom or that you're going to invest in your family, in your, in your personal um, finances to build wealth, to bring back a harvest of more. Does this make sense? And so the Lord has been speaking to me about that. I feel his fire on that. Um, bread is great for eating, but it's not so smart to bury it in the ground. Amen. Um, seed is great for planting in the ground, but it's not so great for eating. Except that I really love quinoa, which I think is technically a seed, but that's good. You know, you get the gist, okay? Um, so we don't want to eat our seed. Amen? And that's exactly what I was getting ready to do, to eat the seed that God says, no, I've got bigger visions. And he was telling me, you need to dream bigger, and you need to have those visions in place so that when I bring the provision, you won't eat your seed. Because it will always look like bread to you if you don't already have the vision for where it's going to go. Okay? And so for so many of us, we're waiting for the money to come before we have a vision of where we can spend it. Does this make sense? But the kingdom works differently. Okay? He's saying, have a vision. What is your vision? What is it that God's telling you to do? Is, uh, what is your thing? For me, it's like writing books and getting them put out there and music and things like that. And, and even more, for some of you, maybe it's real estate. Maybe it's buying land. Maybe it's something, something where you're building wealth. Okay? He wants you to have vision for that because once you have vision for it, he will send you the provision. Amen? Because that's how it works in the kingdom. 
Amen? So somebody say, I'm not going to eat my seed. <laughs> Lord, show us the dreams. Show us the vision. Lord, give us dreams. Show us those places, maybe things that we've undersold ourselves or maybe had too much fear in. Show us where you want us to invest. Show us where you want to sow. And we trust you, God, that you are going to bring us the provision. We thank you so much for it, Lord. Thank you so much. Um, here's, here's another aspect of it, okay? So for, for many of us, um, we might have been in a position where we're living on 90% of our income and we are giving 10% of it, okay? How many of you know that's awesome? That's like, that's great, that's generous, I'm giving my 10, 10% or whatever. If you are not saving 10%, then you are still eating part of your seed, make sense? You, you are living on your bread and you are get, sowing seed into the kingdom, but you're not sowing seed back into your own harvest in your own land and in your own family. Does, does this make sense? Okay. So like, look at, look at the picture that God paints in the Old Testament. It was the first fruits of their land. It was like the harvest of crops and things like that. So they would give the very first fruits to the storehouse, to the church, to God, however you want to put that, okay? And they would not just live on the rest. You would have to reserve some of it so that you can sow more seed for the next harvest. Does this make sense? Okay. So there's another uh, mind shift that the, the Lord wants to get across, and this is going to be life-changing. We, we don't want to see people living on the 90% and then saving 10% and that's it because then you're also eating part of your seed that's meant to go to the kingdom. Amen. But also if you are tithing and giving and living on the rest, you are still eating some of your seed if you're not saving it back. And the recommendation is that the same amount that you're giving is also what you are saving. And that is how to properly invest seed. Does this make sense? Everybody okay? Amen. Okay. But aren't some people just called to poverty? <laughs> Let's just laugh at that. <laughs> Why are we more comfortable with poverty than with prosperity? Why is that? Okay. Um, there are many, many scriptures instructing us to care for the poor. But how can we care for the poor when we're broke ourselves? Amen. Okay, um, it is highly, 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 highly unlikely that any of us in this room are called to a life of poverty. Okay, how do I know this? Because you live in the United States of America. Okay, follow your favor. Follow your favor. Where has God favored you and blessed you? We are so blessed and so highly favored in this land. But to whom much is given, much is required. Amen. You go to India and there's, there's people in the caste system and they have very little hope for ever coming up out of their financial circumstance. And we're called to go and bless and to go and help and bring reform and, and bring the kingdom because that's not a kingdom mindset. Amen. It might be cultural, but it is not kingdom. Amen. Um, but we can't affect change if we are broke ourselves. Amen. So um, I just want to encourage you. We are so blessed. God bless America. <laughs> Amen. Um, and, and I can tell you, you know, I've, I've met people, and, and one of the people I think of is, is Clara. Some of you know Clara, um, who came from India. And she came here, and she was one of the untouchables, one of the lowest of the low, and she had an opportunity to come here. And she was the hardest worker. And she is like, I'm going to make the most of this opportunity. And I, she sent most of her money back to family and stuff like that. And she's just an amazing amazing woman of God, um, but she took full advantage of the opportunity of being here because she knew what a rare and blessed opportunity it was. And, and in the same way, um, to, to live here and think that we're called to poverty, I just highly, highly doubt that for us. <laughs> Amen. Follow your favor. To whom much is given, much will be required. So we have to start with believing that God wants us to be prosperous. Somebody say, God wants me to be prosperous. Who, who is your father? Think of him. Think of heaven. What is heaven like? Streets of gold, right? He spares no expense, <laughs> right? Can you imagine streets of gold? It's beautiful. Like, you know, it, it, it's amazing. And then God is such a generous giver. He gave us his only son. Like the riches of heaven was given and poured out to us. And um, I just, I just want to have a goal of being generous like my father is. Amen. And I, I can't be generous like my father is if I'm constantly broke or if I'm living under mammon. Amen. 
All right. Um, blessings from the Lord often involved financial prosperity. That, that was part of the blessing for Solomon, for Job when Job got restored, for David. So many people in the Bible, God would say, I'm blessing you, and it would always include financial blessing as well. Amen? Okay? You are not swimming upstream against God's current to get blessing and to be prosperous. Amen? You are not trying to fight God for something, okay? You're not working against him. He wants you to be blessed, amen? Surely goodness and mercy are following you all the days of your life, amen? He is a good dad. He's a good father. Deuteronomy 28.2 says, And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Someone say, the blessings are about to overtake me. <laughs> blessings are chasing me down. <laughs> They're going to overtake me if I follow the voice of the Lord. In other words, the voice of the Lord wants blessings to overtake me. <laughs> Amen. And these are the blessings that he says will come and overtake you. These are the blessings found in Deuteronomy 28, um, verses 3 to 13. You will be blessed in the city, blessed in the country, blessed in the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, increase of your herds, increase of your cattle and offspring of your flocks. You'll be blessed in your basket and your kneading bowl, blessed when you come in and when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies to be defeated before your face and they will flee from you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on your storehouses and in all that you set your hand and in the land which he is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself. All people shall see, all people shall see, they will see you. All people shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they shall fear you. The Lord will grant you plenty of good. Someone say plenty of goods, <laughs> plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock and the produce of your ground, in the land which he has sworn to your fathers, the Lord will open the heavens. Someone say open heavens. The Lord will open the heavens to give rain on your land in its season and bless all the work. Someone say all all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. Amen? You shall lend to many nations. How many of you know we're called to disciple nations? We will lend to many nations, but we shall not borrow. We will be the head and not the tail. We are above and not beneath. Amen? These are the blessings that are about to overtake you as we come into alignment and as we shift to what the Lord is saying is true about us and what his voice is commanding into our lives. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I just feel the Lord's excitement on this. I really do. Um, his excitement is on this. Um, I even had dreams all night of like different people and they're all going on little different journeys with the Lord in this. Go on a journey with the Lord. Maybe your first step in the journey is God, I need to get out of debt. He will meet you. The way it works is when you start moving, then he can start directing. But if we, you know, that's, that's the amazing thing. Like we, we need to have hope. Um, and that's so, so powerful. It was such a powerful word this morning. I love because we like we speak about hope all the time, but hope, there's like there's two legs to it. Okay, we have to have hope. We also have to have faith. Okay, hope is things that are for the future. Faith brings the future into now. Amen. And so there's something about bringing that into the now. Okay, Lord, I don't know how this is going to work, but I'm going to start walking this out. We're going to get out of debt. It looks like a mountain. I don't know if it's fully possible, but I'm going to start walking in this way and just watch him meet you. Amen. And bring, bring that hope into right now through faith. Amen. Um, it's uh, it, maybe that your first step is, um, is God, I want to be more generous like you. God, I want to have finances available that if someone's in need that I can give them money and that's not where I'm at right now. Help me to be generous like you. Um, maybe your journey looks like, um, God, I believe that you want me to prosper, but teach me how to build wealth in this season. That's like where the, the Lord kind of has us in that um, state of mind right now. Um, God, show me how to invest my seed for the next generation of my family. Maybe that's your journey um, at this stage in your life. Um, or God, I already give and sow into my family. Show me how to be even more joyful 
joyful and partner in hilarious giving. Um, just whatever your journey is, um, just pray and, and process that with the Lord. I really feel him on this, and, um, and I feel his excitement on this. Um, I can feel the shift. It's going to impact generations. It's going to increase our ability to disciple nations. Amen. And we have a choice, and it comes back to that survival show. <laughs> we do get a choice in this. And again, I encourage you, um, you know, review your notes. Like, don't let this be a one-time thing. Go back and listen to the message again. I really feel like this, I, I can say that because I know it's not revelation that's from me. It's, it's the Lord has been speaking this and through our dreams and things like that. Um, go back and review it um, because we have a choice. And we can choose to sit and wait for rescue. And we can keep all kinds of things in our backpack if that's our, if that's our motive. But if we're going to journey all the way out and we're going to go into the promised land, we're going to have to take some things out of that backpack and really focus and, and see what the Lord is saying to us, um, each and every one specifically. Amen. So Jesus, we just thank you so much, Lord. I thank you, Father, that you are such a good dad, um, that you love us so much, Father. I thank you, Lord, that um, when we ask for more of you, we ask for the Holy Spirit, that you're not going to give us a scorpion instead. You're not going to give us something rotten or something broken, Lord, but you know how to give good gifts to your children. So Lord, I ask that you would pour out more and more revelation, Lord, that, um, that is life-changing in our beliefs first. Lord, that we we would come into agreement with you. And right now, in the name of Jesus, we just break every partnership we've made with the devouring spirit right now. In the name of Jesus, we will not think in terms of consuming and devouring, but we will think in terms of kingdom, which is building and life and leaving things to the next generation. Lord, we break every agreement we've ever made with a poverty spirit, thinking that somehow that was spiritual. We break that agreement right now. In the name of Jesus, we come into alignment with, with your truth, God. We break every spirit of mammon right now in the name of Jesus, and we say, God, you are our source. Money is not our source. Money is a tool that works for us, and we just thank you so much for that as well, God. And we just ask, Father, and we trust you that you're going to add your supernatural to the natural, Father, and you're going to show us those next steps. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. <laughs>